Hello and welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here and we're so glad that you're here. We use our mojo to really become greater leaders. Now, let's get started by listening to something good. Want to make 2017 your best year ever? Then let me be your teacher, your mentor. I've prepared special courses and webinars for you that will help you succeed and to give you access directly to me. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today. You have nothing to lose. Try me for 30 days and if you aren't satisfied, I guarantee you a full refund, no questions asked. Don't go it alone. Let me be your guide at mojouniversity.com. Be successful today. Hello and welcome everyone to the Manager Mojo Show. Steve Caldwell here, and I'm thrilled to introduce my special guest today, Mr. R. Sean McBride. Now, Sean uh, is the CEO and Chief Innovation Officer at McBride for Business, and he's the managing partner of the, uh, the R. Sean McBride Law Firm, PLLC. Now, how about that for a mouthful? Uh, I almost got that right, so uh, Sean, I ask you to forgive me on that. Uh, but Sean uh, is not just a, a lawyer and a business guy, he's also an author. He wrote a book called Business Blunders, uh, and I know uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. We all do it all the time. Uh, and in addition, uh, what we're going to talk about today are a couple of uh, signature speeches that he gives, one called The Three Laws of Empowerment, and the second is the advantages of women in business partnerships. So with that, Sean, welcome to the Manager Mojo Show. Thank you for having me. Really looking forward to it. My, my pleasure. And uh, you are involved in an awful lot of fun things, my friend. Uh, before we get started in our discussion, why don't you share with our audience what fun thing that you've been up to lately outside of work? You know, I just bought another antique car. It's a bug that I've had for a long time. I like antique cars, and last year I bought my first one, and I just got another one last weekend. So I've got two antique cars, both convertibles. Uh, 1967 Dodge Dart just got added to the collection, and a fun vehicle, and just enjoying getting into that world and learning history. I'm a history guy, and now I'm combining cars and history together. So. Very fun. cool. Do you actually restore as well, or do you buy it already restored? I do some of the maintenance work. I would not say that I'm a good body guy. You know, I just have never learned that art of shaping the body and, you know, getting it, the paint on it right. But uh, I can do a lot of the mechanical work. I work on brakes. I'll do, you know, some of the oil change and transmission fluid changes and some of that mechanical stuff. Uh, but the body stuff, I'll, I leave to the pros. Awesome. It sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, I, I know you'll enjoy that. Thanks for sharing that with us. 
Yeah, my uh, pleasure. It's fun. Uh, Sean, what I want to start with today uh, is let's talk about uh, your discussion and uh, in particular what you call the three laws of empowerment for high growth companies. Uh, if you don't mind, share with our listeners uh, an overview of what is uh, and what are the three laws of empowerment. The three laws of empowerment really is a model for making plans that really work and building to get where you want to go. And I've broken it into three component pieces. So the first law is the law of preparation, laying a foundation for success, really putting the pieces in place to be successful and to get where you want to go. And part of that's determining where you want to go. The second law is the law of planning. That's really building plans and having things in your plans that are going to make them strong and robust and really work. And we apply lessons from what we've learned over years of experience of what really goes into good plans. And, and the third law is the law of protection. Now you've prepared yourself, you've built a plan, but you need to make sure that you're going to do the things to make sure that plan actually happens. You know, build the protections in place to keep you from getting derailed and to make sure that you keep what's fair and right after all your hard work. So we've really taken the planning process and broken it into three component pieces that really make something strong that's going to actually empower you and get you where you want to go. That's, uh, I like that because it's uh, relatively simple. Most of us can remember three different areas, law of preparation, law of planning, and law of protection. Uh, let's start with the law of preparation. Uh, it just appears to me from, uh, from my experience with working with a lot of business people and a lot of managers over the years, uh, people uh, really kind of neglect proper preparation, in my view. Is that a fair statement from your standpoint? I think that's right, that people uh, don't stop and think. And the other thing that I find very interesting is a lot of people don't stop and think about the possibilities. They don't think about where they could go with their life or their business or, or what they want to be. So part of the key to success is knowing that you're trying to get from here to there and what's possible, really stepping outside the box and thinking about where do I want to be, what's my vision, what's my goal. And once you have that, then you can start thinking about how do I do the things I need to do to get to my vision and my goal. But so many people don't even do that first step. Well, uh, why do you think that they don't do it? Is it lack of understanding that it's a necessary part, or is it just laziness, or what? What do you think it is? I don't think, it, I don't think it's laziness. I think... You know, part of it is I spent a lot of time in corporate America, and I know other people have as well, and now I have my own law firm, my own business strategy firm. And part of it is just unlocking this thinking and allowing yourself to think about what's possible. Uh, so many people skip past that step. You know, you had, last, you had your 2016 results come in. You did whatever you did in 2016. Now it's time to get ready for 2017. And... People just say, okay, well, let's grow the business 10% or let's improve in this area or that area. Let's bring expenses down. And they're kind of just tracking a certain way because that's the, the rails that they're on. A lot of people don't stop and say, is this even the set of rails I should be on? Should I be on a different track? Should I be making a, a left turn instead of a right turn? And some of that stuff will uncover a lot of, uh, uncover a lot of uh, possibilities and value. I, I totally agree with you, and I, I know uh, that when we do really unlock our thought processes 
and we begin to look at the possibilities, we actually can see that there are multiple paths to the success that we want. Uh, but right. a lot of people don't do that. Yeah, there's multiple multiple paths to success, and you really, you know, I talk to a lot of people about building vision and figuring out where they're going. When you start spending time thinking about what you want to do, you can start putting some intentionality behind it, and then you'll start seeing opportunities and things guiding you to where you want to go, but you have to know, you know, where do I want to live? You know, what do I want my family life to look like? How do I want to spend my time? What things do I want to be doing every day? When you start answering these kind of questions and have that strong vision of where you want to go, you can start finding opportunities that are going to steer you that direction and start, you know, moving your world that way. And so many people don't stop and ask those kind of longer-term, big visionary questions. Well, I, I think because, uh, it, I don't know, it just seems to me that so many entrepreneurs and, and leaders are, are action-oriented. And they'd rather uh, follow the, the fire-ready aim r rather than wait a little bit before they fire. Uh, and that, that causes you to make a lot of left and right turns and maybe in some cases even turn completely around from where you were headed. That's right. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, you're, yeah, if you if, if you just drop a pin and say, you know, this is where we're starting and then start adjusting from that point, you're always going to, you're going to have a trail that leads back to that point. You're always going to be locked in that point. Whereas if you, rather than do that, say, that's my destination and just keep looking for things that are going to move you towards your destination, you're going to end up in a lot different spot. And a lot of, and that's that's the point that's missing is you know some business owners and even very successful business owners, particularly after you've been in it for a while, you start the business, you have a vision, you have an idea, you get started, then you refine, you refine, you refine. But they don't. Business owners often don't stop and say, "Well, should I be refining what I'm working on, or should I be steering myself to where I want now? Now that I've learned more about myself, now that I've learned more about my business." let me think about where I'm headed rather than just staying on the same highway or the same set of railroad tracks. I, I think it's really wise. And I know personally, just to uh, support what you're saying, uh, th this is something that I've learned to do regularly. I, I don't think it's one thing that you do just uh, once in a while and quit, but it's something you got to do all the time. And uh, for for me, I've learned that there are some things that, uh, yeah, I mean, I can tell when we're being very successful in an area, but I also evaluate, well, do I really want to even do that? In other words, should I stop that part? And, and I'm particularly referring to parts of your business that don't make money for you. Why the heck are you still doing it if, it, if, if it's not productive for you? That's right. There's stuff that you know may have been very productive or good for you at one point in your business career in life, and now they may not be productive, or they may no longer be your passion. You know, you may have done something at one point because you loved it, or it was the right thing when you were building your business, and today it may not fit you anymore. So you want to kind of always be revisiting: um, is, Am I in the right place? Am I pointing the right direction? And it's, you're right, doing this regularly is a great exercise. You know, what did I learn in the last couple of months about me and myself and what I want in life? How does that fit into my greater plan? How do I redirect myself? 
Uh, absolutely. And, I, and, you know, I think a lot of people really kind of understand how to plan once they understand where they're going. I think that they're going to find a way to, to, to draw up plans that are productive. But uh, I, I do want to spend just a moment to talk about the law of protection because you talk yep. about make sure you're ready for the bumps. And uh, <laughs> I love that. So it, tell us what you mean by that. Well, you know, every business is going to have disruptions, and you know, and that's one of the biggest objections really? I get to planning. Yes, really. Really, you mean that you're, you know, just because you put it on a spreadsheet, it's not going to work out exactly that way. That's right, exactly. You know, and and that's and that's just the reality. And everybody's going to have a, a disruption of some sort. Everybody's going to go kind of a different direction. So, um, you have to know that is part of the plan. That's part of what's going to happen. And so you want to build in things to know what you're going to do if these bumps happen. How are you going to, how are you going to evolve your business if your projections don't happen the way you want it? What if a key employee leaves? What if you have a partnership dispute and the partners go separate directions? How do you make sure that value is protected? You know, a big one that I've been working on a lot lately is what do you do if something happens to one of the owners and they're no longer able to be in the business, you know, a death, a disability? another event that causes that owner to exit the business or that key manager, how does that business keep running? How do you keep your employees from being scared and fleeing out the door? And there's a lot of different processes and things we can put into place. Uh, all of which are very important for us to understand as we're not only uh, leading teams of people, but also uh, whenever we're the owner of the business. Because you, you got to plan that for all of the contingencies. And... I find that so many managers uh, really are, they inherit a team, but they never plan for a great team. They don't know how to get the right people where they need them to be. And so they wind up not being as successful because they didn't have that, uh, that intent and that understanding of the vision that it was gonna take for them to get there. And so I, I think that's excellent. And it kind of brings me to uh, the discussion that I really want to, to really get your take on, because we don't do this very much in business, and I want to talk more about it, and that is that you talk a lot about women in business partnerships. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are many advantages of having women in business partnerships. And I think a lot of men in particular uh, over the years have been a little afraid of understanding what that means and in my opinion they're missing out on a great opportunity so would you uh, kind of share with us how did you get involved in and what really interested you in that topic yeah it was my it was my team you know and i have i have a number of, of female um, employees that work with me regularly and they came to me and there was a tedx event going on and it was tedx women themed and we had kind of looked at the possibility of doing a TEDx talk, and they came to me and said, you know, you should do women in business. And after reflecting upon it, you know, I do work with a lot of female business owners. I'm a man that believes in women in business and doing great things in business. So we put together a speech that really, you know, came up with the theme of what women do well in business. And men and women are different. Statistics show it. There's no, no point in denying that. You know, when we do research studies, which a lot of it was cited in my, in my speech, women and men behave differently in different situations. And I think some of the ways that women behave and the way they naturally handle 
work situations actually are advantageous. They create stronger businesses. So we kind of put together a speech that celebrated these things that women are doing well and what their competitive advantage is that they, that they can be grabbing a hold of in their business are. Uh, fascinating. So tell me what were some of the things that you pointed out that, uh, that really are those strengths? And you know, In the speech, we focused on three things that really did well, and I'm sure there's more out there. But we talked about cooperation and collaboration. I view them as being one item working together. Women, and you look at the research, when you put women in situations versus men, uh, compensation for a group outcome, women are more likely to say, I'll take my compensation based on what we do versus what I do. Um, so the women are much more willing to work in a collaborative environment and cooperate with one another to get to a shared goal. That is a real competitive advantage when you have a business partnership because you don't have to have internal discussions about who's who gets paid for this, who doesn't get paid for this, how does this work. Everybody can work for the collective whole rather than their individual piece. The second C we talked about was communication. How do women talk to each other? How do they work through issues, and women and men have different communication styles. Research shows that women use a greater variety of words, are tend, tend to be more expressive in communication, and put out a greater number of ideas, which is wonderful if you're in a business partnership, because you can then work together and explain where you are, explain where the business is. This is a tool that can be very, very useful in a business partnership. And the third C is compromise. Women are much more likely to sit down and work to an outcome that pleases everybody. It's kind of that Goldilocks effect where everybody's happy or everybody gets something that makes them okay, whereas men tend to be, based on the research, more likely to stand in a position and even go into a stalemate, which is certainly not a positive outcome if you have a business partnership where you need to keep the business moving forward. So a lot of different themes and a lot of different things women do well, but those were particular things we thought that played very well in the context of business partnerships. Well, I think they uh, they not only play well for for women, if uh, for smart men, if they were following it, they'd find a huge advantage as well. Uh, That's right. And if, if yeah, if men can do those those same things and and use those skills to the extent they have them you know, they can do great in business. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. that's a wonderful opportunity. And collaborating with women as well. You know, there's no reason we can't. I focused in my speech on largely businesses that are women-women, but in the same token, there's no reason men and women can't collaborate together and create even more powerful businesses. And there is some research out there showing that men and women working together is, is a powerful thing. Without question, uh, it, it, my experience has been that, uh, you know, so much of it really boils down to do you value one another? And those uh, characteristics that you talked about, uh, whether it's cooperation and collaboration, communication or compromise, all of those things, uh, in, in my view, really start at its core by do you value the other person and their ideas and their their strengths that they bring to the table? Absolutely, and I should hope if you're business partners with somebody that that was kind of part of your fundamental reason that you are business partners with each other. You should have that value for each other and you should want to work together 
in order to do more together, or else you probably shouldn't have been business partners from the beginning. So you should value each other's inputs and probably each other's differential views of the world. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, I learned uh, the hard way that sometimes it can go one way and not the other way back. Uh, That's right. You know, and and it's a tough thing, and I think you have to you have to actually talk about these things on the front end. And I I think uh, to men's detriment, we don't we don't like to talk it through, and yet talking it through is the only way for you to really understand what the other person thinks and how they're going to act under pressure. Exactly, and and some of this gets you know there's another piece of business which I think is becoming so important today which is the emotional side of business. How does this all fit into your greater, you know, we talked about desires and visions, but, you know, what emotions are involved in business? And men want to compartmentalize that, right? They want to say there's no emotion in business. It's all dollars and cents. It's all numbers. But when you look at the companies that are successful, they're creating emotion with their customers. They're connecting on an emotional level. Men have a chance to do that as well. You know, bring emotion into the business really express why you're feeling it, why you're frustrated, why the business isn't going the way it wants, what emotions underlie the real business. There's a whole unexplored area there which probably could add a lot of value to a lot of businesses to really express that emotional side and feel like you feel, feel like your customers feel, and really get fully expressed to your partner and say why. Why am I frustrated? Why am I upset? Why are we not getting where we want to get to? Or why am I happy? Why why do I feel like we just did something great? Get those kinds of things on the table. That's a, a great piece of advice, and I hope all of us will uh, begin to take that. Uh, so, uh, Sean, uh, I know that uh, people are going to want to know more about your work. Uh, how would they connect with you? Sure. I think one of the best places to go is R. Sean McBride Live, and you spell Sean, S-H-A-W-N. And that really talks about the three laws of empowerment and my speaking. You know, one of the main ways I bring this message to people is to go to audiences and speak about their empowerment and how they how they can build lives that they love as business owners or as employees within companies. And you can also visit McBrideForBusiness.com. McBride, F-O-R, business.com, which profiles our business strategy work. And there's an extensive blog which gets into a lot of the types of issues we're talking about today where there's great material for people to digest and read. And there's some free handouts, um, you know, that you can get to increase your business value and to protect yourself. So feel free to avail yourself of those as well. Awesome. And uh, thank you for offering that. And uh, for those of you that are listening while you exercise, we'll make sure that we put uh, links to those websites that Sean has uh, generously given us today. And I encourage you to go to his website and check them out. And, uh, you, you know, I'm sure you'll find a lot of great value there. Uh, Sean, before we uh, close today, uh, I, I would appreciate it if you would give uh, our listeners what would be your top two or three things that action items that you would want them to consider and take in order to improve uh, their business and to empower themselves? What are what would those two or three things be? Number one, just stop and look at where you're going. We talked about that early in the program, and I think it bears repeating again. When I do this, when I do my three laws of empowerment as a CEO workshop. It's interesting. The CEOs often scratch their head because. They've got a one- and two-year, three-year plan for their business, what new markets they want to go, new offices, new product offerings. They know where they're going to be three years from now. But when I ask them to look at their life, 
10 years from now, that often becomes a struggle point. So I think all of us should stop and look at what we want our lives to look like in 10 years so that we are being very intentional about getting there. And the second thing is to make plans and write them down. You know, don't write them down just to write them down, but there's a real lesson in actually getting it on paper and working through the process of thinking about how the pieces fit together. So many of my clients and business contacts find out when they write down their plans, they're going to find holes. They're going to find issues. So just get everything down on paper and understand how all the pieces fit together. And then use other people and, and, and avail yourself of the people around you to improve your plans. Take your plan to your trusted advisors and say, here's what I'm trying to do. Here's my written business plan. And then ask them a tough question. Don't just say, how do you like my plan? Because usually you're going to get that socially <laughs> acceptable answer, which is, oh, your plan is great. I really like it. Yeah. What you yeah. want to ask them is, you know, what would you change about my plan? How could I improve this plan? What didn't you like about my plan? Ask them some of these harder questions about the plan as a totality. That's where you're going to get your real answers and real values so you can revise and make your plan even stronger. That is awesome. Those are great, great tips and great action items that each of us can take uh, today. Uh, Sean, I want to thank you for uh, sharing your wisdom today and remind our listeners that our guest today has been Arshon McBride. Uh, he's a business attorney, he's an author, public speaker, and he really can help us understand how we can prepare ourselves for the success that we want and I think we deserve. Sean, thank you again for your time today and we wish you continued success from Manager Mojo. Yeah, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it and thanks for having me on there and I hope, I hope the audience gets some value out of it and we can help some people get where they want to go. Awesome, I'm certain that we all have. Great. Steve here, and one last reminder, I want to thank you for listening to the show, and I want to encourage you, go over to mojouniversity.com. Before you forget it, make sure you sign up for our training site, and let me be your teacher this year. I promise you, you're going to be successful. You're going to love it. Go to mojouniversity.com and sign up today.